for new order of glory in life and ministry. Price for new order of glory in life and ministry. That's what the Lord has laid on my heart to share with us today. Price. No one, as we all know, is qualified for any prize who has excused himself from the prize. Every prize that a champion gets is a product of the price he has paid. And that is what the Lord is resettling, which I believe is going to spark a new dimension in us as we are rounding off this year. The season of the Lord for us is waiting for us. And the Lord wants us to enter into it. I like to go very quickly to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and I will be reading from verse 1 to 5. And then I will also like to read from the Good News translation, the Good News Bible. He said, as for us, we have this large crowd of witnesses around us. So then, let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which holds unto us so tightly. And let us run with determination the race that lies before us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. And it's now, I'd like us to please take note of this particular aspect. And it's now seated at the right side of God's throne. He has been able to enter into the new order of glory. That's what it means. Think of what he went through. How he put up with so much hatred 
from sinners. So, do not let yourselves become discouraged and give up. For in your struggle against sin, you have not yet had to resist to the point of being killed. Have you forgotten the encouraging words which God speaks to you as his children? The greatest price that any man can pay, Christ has paid it. The greatest price whatsoever that any man can pay. We are actually called in our assignment to enjoy the price he has paid. He has been our pace setter. He had paved the way for us. So, everything, as a matter of fact, if you remember what Apostle Paul said, when he said to the Corinthians, that we have this ministry as we have obtained mercy. Therefore, we faint not. So ministry that God gives to us is a product of mercy. That's it. So our ministry is a product of the mercy of God. So ministry is not a place of mess. It's a place of mercy. God has not called any man to mess up the man. God has not called any woman to mess up the woman. The calling of God does not come with a mess. It comes by mercy. And that's why Apostle Paul said, because his ministry, the apostolic ministry that Christ has given to him is a product of mercy, then there is no room to faint no matter what he passes through. But having said this, the price that Christ paid is the ultimate price. Now, that price now set us up to be able to have him as the example of what we can be in him. And if Christ is the example of what we can be, then definitely I see that we can escape dimensions of price. If we are going to taste some dimensions of glory. And that's why there is no glory without pain. I've never seen any form of glory without pain. It's quite important that we need to take note of these. And the greater the pain is the greater the glory. Christ got the highest glory because he paid the highest price. We are in a time now that a lot of people want a new order of glory 
without responding to new order of price. Year 2023, I see God calling us to a new order of price. Glory is not what we wish. Glory is what we respond to. No man wishes to carry glory and carry it. There are things to do. When you check the preceding chapter of Hebrews chapter 11, you will realize that it is a catalog of how various men and women entered into various dimensions of glory by paying one price for the other. By paying one price for the other. So every form of glory requires price. That's what the Lord is establishing before us. Every time we desire something better, it lays a demand of another new price on us. Every time we desire something better, it puts a demand on us. Desire does not guarantee what we deserve until we respond to its demand. I'd like us to please take note, God is speaking to our ministry. God wants to do great things. But see, we can't just desire them. We deserve them as we respond to the demand. And that is the grace we'll be asking God for today. Grace that will cause us to respond to the demand of the new order of glory. I pray God is going to release to us. When you check Hebrews 11 before I share the few things that God has placed on my heart. Hebrews 11 verse 39 and 40. We see that winners in the kingdom, they win by faith. Winners in this kingdom, they win by faith. The translation I'm reading to us here says, What a record of all these have won by their faith. They won by their faith. So faith is a price. They won by their faith. But that's not where I'm going. He said, Yet they did not receive what God had promised. Why? Verse 40. Because God has something better for us. One of the ways we will not settle for less in the agenda of God for our callings, for our ministries, for our assignment is to have the vision that God has something better for us. Every time we wake up, we must be able to look at ourselves and say, it can be better than this. God has something better. God has something better. That will kill the mentality of mediocrity. God has something better. Thank God for year 2022. 
But apostle wisdom, God has something better. Pastor Kola, he has something better. So that's how these people operated with God. I want to share seven dimensions of price required. Required for new order of glory in our lives, in our ministries. If there is anyone connecting who is called to business in your business, there is always a price to pay to go for something better. There is always a price to pay to go for something better. Prayer is good, but there is a price to pay. And number one, which I believe God is beginning to instruct us now, and we can begin as we are going to be preparing for 2023, these instructions will help. Number one, we must travel light. We must travel light. One of the reasons which I've discovered personally that makes people to be stalked, ministries to be stalked, is because there are too many weights that holds down. I shared with somebody a few days back. I said, as I grow in leadership, in my, in my, I'm a student of leadership. As I grow more in leadership, I've discovered one thing. A leader doesn't get many more things to do. He narrows the things he do. He does. Satan has a strategy to get you in combat with many things. A minister of the gospel is not called to many things. He won't go far. He must be able to travel light. Now, when you check Acts chapter 6, you realize that sometimes success in ministry, blessings in ministry can even make us to become so encumbered. You want to do this, you want to do that, you want to do this, you want to do that. And at the end of the day, you discover that you are at best at nothing. I don't know whether you are understanding what the Lord is sharing with us. So that the, the bait came for the apostles in Acts chapter 6. Their success began to introduce more things to do. But they were wise enough to say, anyone who will move from here to the next must travel light. So, when you check the book of Acts chapter 6, they were confronted with many things they ought to respond to. But the Holy Ghost gave them the wisdom to say, you must travel light. So in Acts chapter 6 verse 4, they let the people know that see, 
appoint men over this business. There are businesses in life that we should not bother ourselves with, even in ministry. I just want us to take these instructions. I, I, I want, I don't want to, I just want to flow in the spirit of instruction. That's what I see the Lord saying to us. We need to shed some weights that are slowing us down. And no one can do this for us. It is personal. What are the many things that I am doing that have been denying me the capacity, the speed to move? So you are going to realize that you can only travel well. You can only travel far. You can only travel fast. As you travel light. No aircraft ever takes off without a limit of what it can carry. That's why when people get to the airport, they tell them, this luggage cannot go with you. So, at this time, the Lord is saying, you desire a new order of glory in your life. You have come to the airport. We are about to lift you, but there are luggages that need to be dropped. There are things that you have carried that are not supposed to be carried by you. Sometimes traveling light may mean we are carrying loads that God should carry for us. We are bothered about things that God should be bothered about. We are thinking about, oh, how am I going to make money? How am I going to get resources? How am I going to get this? To do the assignment God has asked me to do, God is saying, Sir, travel light. Ma, travel light. A new order of glory in life and ministry will lay a demand on you to drop some luggages. You must be intentional about the luggage of your life that you need to drop. It's a personal examination. Leaders are meant to do this. There will be more demands. Things are coming. Expectations are high. But we must know that God wants you and I to travel light. I, I hope some of us know that there are many things in our houses that if you are not intentional about them, they will not even allow good things to come. And those things are useless. I don't know whether I'm communicating. You think you have these things. You think you have good things. But these things are disallowing the right things that ought to come. They wouldn't allow them to come. Excuse me, Sir Samas. 
This is the right time in this season that the Lord is saying, I'm about to launch you into a new order of glory. To ask the Holy Spirit, what are the luggages that cannot fly with me? What are the luggages that I am carrying? We are carrying too much of a load that we ought not to carry. You know, preachers, we don't really make the word of God to speak to us directly. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, our caller, the one who called us, he said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. One of the pointers, one of the ways you can know you are traveling light in ministry is rest. I have discovered that many a times I give myself a headache that God did not give me. I give myself a headache that God did not give me because I refuse to travel light. No matter the capacity of a vehicle, when it is I don't know if the, you know, the, thing, the, the, the Lord just began to communicate them and he communicated them he said, personally some of us may look at our capacity you know that calling but you realize that you are overloaded when we overload ourselves your speed is tampered with the vehicle may be sound the engine may be okay, but as you overload, when you get to where you suppose you get to a bump that you're supposed to just pass, you have to completely slow down and try to just climb with his. So things that ought not to slow you down, to slow me down, when we don't travel light, they receive strength to slow us down. So it is time to say no more. No more. We may have to offend some people by ensuring that we are traveling light. We are not called to please people. We are called to please God. It is fine to say every load God has not given to me, I am putting it Because this ministry and calling is a race. It's not a walk. When you walk, there are things you can carry and be walking. But when you race, you can't do it. I don't see anybody in a race carrying loads. So one of the attacks of the devil against ministers of glory that God has ordained a kind of glory that is unexplainable when he can't get you the first thing he will look for can we give him some loads to carry I told some people a few days back I said see I'm not a contractor I'm not a businessman I don't do business I don't even want to do one when I need, see, if the Lord has told me and said, see, your ministry is that be a businessman and 
also be serving me. Of course, there are people he has called to do so. But he said, abandon the hall and give your time to me. I am in love for you. So I am not going to look for what he has not given to me. There are loads. A very close brother of mine traveled out in the Lord recently. And as he got to the airport, he told me, he said, Sir, we needed to return certain luggage back home. He planned to go with them. So sometimes we may plan to go with those luggage. But at the point of lifting, you must be intentional about traveling light. Nobody comes to the point of lifting who still want to be encumbered with loads. Sometimes our load can be load of worry. We can worry. It can be the load of fear. It can be the load of wrong association. People who ought not to be in our lives are there. We must. Abraham added Lot. Lot was not part of God's original load for Abraham. Every load God did not give to you, you will carry it alone. When God has not given you a load, any load God has given to you is like aircraft. When they weigh your load and they approve it, they carry you and your load. No stress. No struggle. You are seated inside the plane drinking tea, taking wine, enjoying. You are not even the pilot. They take responsibility for your luggage. They take responsibility for the load that they have accepted. And says, the same thing I'm seeing in ministry. God takes responsibility only for the load he has approved to be carried. So when we like to please people and we don't want to drop them as loads, God will say, carry them by yourself. Do you know we find it difficult to carry some people along because they are not originally given to us by God. So it's either they slow us down or they give us pain. Lord got to a moment he began to give Abraham pain. That they got to a point Abraham said ah, ah, brother ask the elder I will not even choose first. Look, you are free to make a choice. And you know what happened? Lot made his choice. And Abraham said, okay, you can go. The Bible says, as soon as Lot departed from Abraham, God said to him, lift up your eyes from where you are. He began to come into the alignment of the responsibility of God. That can carry him without stress. This is the first instruction. As a price to pay. For a new order of glory. I don't know how you are going to do it. But after this conference. 
We need to be deliberate about this. Sit down. Ask the Holy Spirit. What are the loads? It might not even, the load may not come this year. It might have come two years back, three years back. How? What are the loads? I am ready, Lord, to drop the luggage. Because I see a new order of lifting in 2023. That's what I see. And nothing will slow us down. Number two. Number two price I see us pay is to disentangle to disentangle from common sins and negative habits affecting our lives and ministries. has made many of us to be able to see weaknesses in other people and be blind to our home. And because of this, these weaknesses, these sins, they continue to lay hold on us. No matter how powerful a man of God is, there is always one sin. There is always one negative habit that is slowing him down. God is calling us to disentangle. And you know something? I discovered about this sin. King James Version began to put it, he said, Little, little sins that easily beset us. Now, every time you talk about beset, that means you are already set. To beset means you are good to go. You are not over. You are not above. You are not higher. But you are set. But there are habits. There are things in our lives that we need to disentangle from that they are not just making us to be set, but they are besetting us. So they are bringing us below set. Every time you want to get set to move and run the race and respond to the dimension God wants you to be, He brings you a little bit down. He besets you. And this is also personal. We can talk to our to all the lives God has given to us about how to deal with certain matters and issues of sin and negative character, some negative habit in their lives. But many a times it is difficult to speak to ourselves to say, "Sir, you are still lying. You are still not straightforward. You are still doing hypocrisy. You are still trying to please people." You are still always full of anger. Yet, you preach to people and say, don't do this thing. But thou art inexcusable, O man of God. They have become your companions. There are little, little sins. And it is dangerous to get to a level where no one can talk to you. Because when you get to that level, it is difficult to talk to yourself. 
That's why leadership is costly. And that's why no matter what, we must continue to put ourselves under those who can look straight to us and say, Sir, this is not how to go about your life. Even in the closet. Some people may not be able to do it. I deliberately, after I told you before, I said, Lord, when the Lord told me a man to follow, I, brought, I said to him, I said, Sir, give it to me every time. Raw. Don't look at my face. Don't tell me that I'm doing well when I'm not doing well. Anything that you see that I need to correct, please give it to me. Disentangle. We have to be deliberate about it. No one gets to a new order of his life, of his ministry, without disentangling. And disentangling means certain things have maybe secretly, stylishly entangled themselves with him. Do you know as powerful as Moses was, the Levite spirit entangled him. All that Moses as a big prophet, after Moses as a prophet, the only person you can have who came in a greater dimension is Jesus. The same Moses was speaking, he said, God will raise a prophet unto you like unto me. So you are realizing that he happened to be the prophet of the old covenant. Jesus is the Messiah. He's more than a prophet, but he also came as a prophet. So Moses prophesied this prophet, you must listen to him. But God will raise him like unto me. So what is the difference between Moses and Jesus? Moses could not disentangle, but Christ knew. There is nothing little that he allowed to stick with him. And that was the reason he could enter into that new order of glory that God has set for him. At the very junction of Moses lifting, after all the labor of many years, the entanglement that he had taken for granted began to speak, began to speak, began to speak. I have discovered that many ministers of the gospel, the entanglement of their lives are their greatest enemies. Some few weeks back, maybe about two weeks ago, I was in a place and I met a man. As I met him, I was meeting him for the first time. He was listening to me, making a particular call. And after that, he said to me, he said, sir, he said, it looks as if you need help in this area. Somebody who can provide a service. I said, yes, of course I do. And he said to me, he said, I am pastor so, 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 so. I said, God bless you, sir. And he told me, he said, of a ministry, he has been a pastor. And he, when he, I won't mention that ministry because we are alive. And he said to me, he said, but I used to be a full-time pastor. But now, I do insurance. I said, okay, sir. So he said, I want to introduce you 
to so 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 person that can provide a service for you i said okay sir so he began to scroll his phone to give me the contact of the person before he was doing that he had given me his own contact so i wanted to call him so that he could save my number so while i was dying dialing his own number as soon as the phone rang, he said oh, who is this rubbish who is this calling me who is this and i told him i said sir i'm the one he said okay 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 i don't know you are the one sir i don't know you are the one sir right there i said this is not a person to join you with i didn't say this number till now i didn't say this number till now you know who you are what has entangled itself with you place out when you don't it has become your friend it's a normal way of your life but they are entanglement hunger can be a normal way of life for a pastor he will be prophesying or can be teaching can have unforgiveness violence can be see sin is not only meant for unbelievers it also wants to entangle itself with those who are speaking against it so when you focus on other people the sin there are sins the bible says they may be little 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 but what does it take to spoil divine little little foxes little, we don't need big big foxes to spoil divine we simply need little so a little hunger a little jealousy a little impatience is enough to beset a man that god wants to take to a new dimension of glory it can be fasting it can be praying it can be doing all kinds of things but until it disentangle it won't go i hope we understand the instruction of the lord and i want us to come to a point that we don't just hear one of the things i also dread in ministry is that i speak things that are not heavy in my heart i speak things that at the end of the day i go back and i live against the same thing so we must not become very sick we must be people that we don't take every instruction that god is giving to us for granted i believe these instructions coming if we take them highly our ministries will enter into a new order of glory number three what is the number three price to pay for new order of glory in our lives and ministry you must run with determination you must run with determination run the assignment run the ministry that god has given to you run your calling with determination run your calling run your assignment with determination in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 first corinthians 9 24 apostle paul said 
surely you know that many runners take part in a race there are many people in ministry now they are running every day new ministries are springing up runners are joining the race but only one of them wins the prize he said but run them in such a way as to win the prize so running the race of life and ministry is not what guarantees the prize not what just guarantees that we are going to win there is a such way we need to run there is a such way we need to run and apostle paul began to say the way that he ran his race the way he ran his race <laughs> in verse 25 he said every athlete in training submit to strict discipline strict discipline in order to be crowned with a wrath that not last so when you talk about running in ministry we must run in such a way with strict discipline run with determination there is a place we are going there is a place where god is leading us you know by now that there are a lot of things attacking our determination apostle paul was talking here about earthly champions athletes that because of just a gold that will soon be rubbish they are so determined to be strict in their discipline they are determined to wake up by one hand because of that gold they are determined to do things that are not convenient because of that gold they are just determined nobody wins any race without determination we don't win any race by default have you sir i don't know if you have seen somebody who win a race by default before the race begin on your mark get set before they are saying go somebody is already determined i must win this and determination shows by how you respond to strictness in discipline apostle paul began to discuss with us the element of determination he was beaten many times he was shipwrecked thieves robbed him he got he went without food all kinds of things but this man he was a runner with a determination when we want a new order of glory we cannot afford to run the way we have been running till now we must live here to say if i want that new order i don't want something can be better about what god has called me to be and to do i must run with the determination i've seen people take ministries for granted and i know jesus company of ministers god is dealing with us see when it is money you are looking for in ministry when you have money 
you have all that you need. And you get stuck. But you see, those who look for something beyond what others are looking for, they are more determined. They are more determined. Nothing stops them. They are running with determination. Determination is tested when you can defy all that want to stop you, but they can't stop you. All that want to stop you. Mama, I hope you are understanding what the Lord is sharing with us. There are many things that are there to stop, but a determination, a determined minister will run no matter what. He will run. He will run. Let me begin to, I mean, number three, let me go to number four very quickly. What is the number four price for new order of glory in life and ministry? Refocus. You must refocus. You must refocus. Hebrews 12, 2 says let us keep our eyes fixed on jesus <laughs> giving us a right focus a proper focus or a refocus our focus is what determines our faith our focus is what determines our effectiveness our focus is what determines our fire. We must refocus. To refocus. Apostle Paul was a man who refocused. In Philippians chapter 3, he said, This one thing I do. I'm not a man of many things. This one thing I do. I forget the things that are behind. I'm a determined runner. I'm not just in this ministry to while away time. I know time is running against me. So you can't waste my time. I refocus. I refocus. I refocus. One of the greatest attacks over ministers is attack on your focus. Don't take attack on your focus for granted. My wife and I, anytime Satan attacks our focus, we know. We don't talk around it. We don't read around it. We know it is spiritual. Satan does not need to distract the focus of someone who is not running with God's purpose. Every time you are on a path, you are on a kingdom agenda, running on behalf of God, Satan will attack your focus. Whatever can attack your focus, we get you down. Refocus. Refocusing. Refocus. Refocusing. He said, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Where you focus determines where you draw inspiration. Every time it looks as if I'm running out of inspiration, I know I have run out of focus. 
So when you keep your focus on the right person, and we have been told, is Jesus. The Holy Spirit began to put my heart more. He said, of course there are men also in Christ that have sent with you. You don't focus on man. You focus on Jesus. No one should be the yastic of our ministry. Only Christ is qualified to be so. Any man can lose focus that you are focusing on. And while you are focusing on that man, he has lost focus. And a man who is focusing on another that has lost focus, by default, has also lost focus. It's like a blind leading the blind. So, you can make a man to be a mentor. You can make a man to be your focus. Thank you, Father. Number five, price. Is to defy your limitations. Defy your limitations define them despise them don't allow limitations to stop you no matter what sir they are there they are there they are there the bible talked about jesus he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross hebrews 12 2 and because of that, is now seated at the right hand of God in the new order of glory. The limitations you don't defy, you can't exceed. You, if you don't defy, if you place so much importance on things that want to limit you, destructive criticism, I have discovered that if, and some of us have read about that, if you don't want people to talk about you, say nothing, do nothing, and become nothing. You don't want people to criticize you, say nothing, be nothing, and become nothing. And do you know, I have now come to realize that even when you are saying nothing, mama, and you are doing nothing, people will still criticize you. He's doing nothing. What a useless woman. What a useless man. Is doing nothing. When you are doing something, they are coming. Look at what he's doing. Look at Nehemiah. Look at Sabalat and Tobiah. When they were doing something, they came to them. They said, What are they even doing? You see, they are doing what are they even doing? If just if just if, what did they call what we think <laughs> we just followed this thing is going to they were see there are people with the anointing to criticize. They have no destiny to fulfill. Satan gives people some occupation to come and discourage those that carries glory. That's their occupation. That's their ministry. Their ministry is to criticize what you are doing. Their ministry is to let you know that you are doing nothing. Their ministry is to tell you God is not happy with you. Their ministry is to make you know that, see, you can't continue like this and arrive anywhere. 
Their ministry is to get you be looking at those who are doing well so that you can go and run another person's race. The Lord told me, I think earlier of today, he said don't use another person's speed to determine your pace. Apostle so-so-so is doing so-so-so-so. That is Apostle so-so-so time. Pastor so-so-so-so is doing this. That's Pastor so-so-so-so time. Nobody's speed should determine your pace. Apostle Paul came to a point. He said in a race, everyone run. So there is no collective collection of crown. You run for yourself. And you know, Joel was talking about they will not break ranks. They have their path. So I have my path. And each person God has called as his path. I'm not saying that we should become mediocre. But I'm telling you, never allow the speed of another to determine your pace. Defy limitations. Break free from things that want to limit you. And then new order of glory is there for you. Number six. Always be motivated by the joy that lies ahead of you. If truly a man or a woman is called on assignment by the Lord, no matter what he or she is going through, there is joy waiting ahead. <laughs> if it is not joy on this earth, there is joy in heaven. But there is always that joy. No one moves forward with energy without motivation. And you know the word motivation comes from the word motive. Why you do what you do. It's called motive. So when your why is correct, when you are saying, the Bible says, Jesus, who saw that joy that was before him, the joy of the new order of glory, he despised his limitations, the suffering, the disgrace, the pain, the gainsayers, the namesayers. They said many things about Jesus. Now you have saved many people. Can't you come and save yourself? Can't you come and deliver yourself? People will talk to your face. And you say, God calls you. Do you really mean that the presence of God is with you? Maybe you are not in the will of God. That's why this is happening to you. Naysayers, gainsayers, they will say many things. But see, if you look at them, you lose the motivation that's supposed to keep you forward. You don't get motivation from what is bringing you down. You get motivation from what can attract you forward. Very simple. That's why if we read, we read books, we read so that we can be motivated. You can be steered. I was reading about D.L. Moody. Recently, I think I told a wife a book he wrote in 1827. 1827. How many centuries ago? That's D.L. Moody. And as I was reading him, there was a fire that was being stared in me. 
we must devote ourselves to so much of the joy ahead of us that we ignore everything that wants to distract us. Motivation. No one can go far who is not motivated by what is stronger. No one can go far with God. Who see if I read something about the let me begin to stop about these people of faith in Hebrews eleven. The Bible says they even despised the earth. They didn't like the earth. The earth that we like now, that we want to build an empire. We just want to stay here. These people saw the vision of heaven. Heaven became a dominant attraction than everything on this earth. So nothing moves them on the earth again because they have seen something better. They have seen something better. They have seen something better. You will be unmoved by everything around you when the joy that God has set before you is motivating you. Let's close with this. Number seven prize. You must learn to ignore the pains of process of glory. Ignore the pains of the process of glory. Ignore the pains when an athlete wakes up by forehead 